we are officially going to be sponsored by GoPuff because uh, we have discovered the the Good Eaten brand, which is founded by Phoenix Suns superstar Chris Paul, where oh. they make vegan snacks. Since he is himself a practicing vegan, huh. and Melissa and I, uh, it is exclusive to to GoPuff. You cannot get it anywhere else. Really? So you've got to order it. And yes, so it has now become like the eager anticipatory watch to see when we can get the nacho cheese good eaten back. Because, uh, yeah, it's they're exquisite, absolutely delightful, and supremely tasty. Plus, if you're, you know, trying to avoid dairy nonsense, then it's, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good way to go. So, I have to ask because it's been a while since I've done anything vegan or vegetarian. How's the vegan cheese? Has the, ha, have people improved that yet? Is it, is, um, it, is it good now? It, de- it depends on the brand, but yeah, there of are course. some extraordinary vegan cheese. There is actually uh. some extraordinary vegan cream cheese, even if you want to go Ooh. so far. Yeah, it's uh, we are we are in a whole new reality these days. There are <laughs> enough people who are plant based. And I, I do say that knowing full well, diagram that sentence, and it's disgusting. <laughs> of course. But, uh, yes, there are enough <laughs> folks who are functioning on a plant-based diet that, yeah, you're going to find some quality stuff. just depends on your personal preferences, really, more often than not. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the Daya brand I have enjoyed immensely, and uh, there's a Vita Life, which uh, I think their cream cheese is it's extraordinary. So you, you can get crazy with it. Okay. Now, but yeah, we are officially sponsored. I'm I'm calling it out here. Whether or not they're not giving us money, but I have bought enough of their material because they have both <laughs> sweet and savory snacks. So they have like vegan pork rinds, which are barbecue flavored, and then they have like a uh, a cucumber ranch chip, which is all, they're they're basically aping you know popular snack foods. Of course, but then but... they have a cinnamon sugar kind of churro, which oh. is just oh. They call them mini donuts, but it's basically a, a longer kind of churro shaped. <laughs> they also have a spicy cheese puff as well. If you're into the, you know, we're, we're not saying the other brands they're aping here, but of course, if you're inclined, uh, you can rock that as well. So yeah, it's quite wonderful. Okay. Okay. I can dig yeah. it. Uh, Melissa had joked that I was going to have to say that we were sponsored. And so I've decided here we are. But yeah. Th- thanks, Chris Paul. <laughs> I mean, as someone living out on the edges of civilization, we were pretty ecstatic when they finally started saying that GoPuff will deliver out here. So it's nice being out in the boonies and having GoPuff whenever we uh, feel like it. So well, when you get that that first care package, just fraught with all the vegan goodies, you're you're barely going to be able to contain yourself. Ooh, I can barely contain myself now. Uh, same here. That's why oh. I got to buy a new belt. But you know Uh-oh. that's. <laughs> I refuse to be contained. <laughs> None shall contain me. No belt shall hold me back. And speaking of busting at the seams by the eternal, <laughs> behold, behold and watch your eyes. It is in uh, fact the disinformed podcast. I'm Shane, and I'm Michael. And uh, we're sending uh, our our love, our thoughts, and general consideration for uh, several other co-hosts here. All kidding aside, uh, some mm-hmm. folks are, are dealing with some very interesting circumstances presently. So I just want to send our, our warmest regards and let everybody know we're thinking about you, we miss you, and we hope you're having a, a better situation presently as you listen, hopefully. Fingers but, crossed. Uh, yes. 
So we're going to try to to carry on with a bit of frivolity here because that is what we're here for. Uh, we're dyed in the wool absolute lunatics, and that's guaranteed, <laughs> particularly when we have a show that is going to be released on All Hallows' Eve. Yes. I mean, how do you get through that? Ooh, with a lot of any sort of soporific. I can't. I get, never. Who, I never. What? Huh? Soporific. Soporific. Yes. Yes. It okay. took me a couple of tries, but not I got not it. Sephora. Don't go buy you know that makeup to mm, wear as Kate's makeup. Yeah, mm, don't do mm. that. It's a ba- if you want to be a clown, you know Mimi Van Duren it. Go just grab random stuff in Walmart. Don't go to Sephora. No, no. Yeah. Too too highbrow for me. Too highbrow. Yeah, as as an individual who had to to wander through the aisles of that with a girlfriend one time, I did not feel Oof. comfortable there at all. <laughs> I need an adult. Yeah, I I was the least <laughs> aesthetically pleasing person I think that had ever walked trespassed the doors of the Sephora. They were looking at me like they wanted to chop me up and make me into soap. But uh, yeah, it's just a strange set of circumstances. I feel like that's that's what I shoot for is to be the least aesthetically pleasing person in any room. Okay, well, we're in a competition, so stop inviting <laughs> oh, me to no. things. Oh, no. Uh, but everybody there looked very surprised for no reason and yet had no ability to register any other expressions. It was all just kind of... <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? I can it's be like, here if I want. Their forehead was running away from their you know, cheeks and chin. I don't know what was happening. It's strange. <laughs> Nary a wrinkle in sight, though, strangely enough. But speaking of wrinkles, we've got a few this evening, because whereas typically what we do on this show is to delve into random esoterica and lie about it whilst explaining it to all of you lovely listeners, we're going to veer ever so slightly. And I'm not even going to be coy, because Michael knows what we're talking about, and I'm sure that you've been, much like me with a belt, you've been scarce able to suppress your enthusiasm. I... So I had mentioned a long time ago that I had tried doing an entire filmography of Mm -hmm. the person we're going to be talking about, um, but I gave up on that when I realized it wouldn't be very interesting. So how you're going about it is going to be much more interesting and a lot more hilarious than how I was going to go about it. Okay, now when you said it initially, it made it sound like you were going to watch the entire filmography. Oh, good lord. As opposed to just chronicle, (laughs) and I was like... That would not be uninteresting, no, as evidenced by what we're going to talk very. about. There's going to plenty of undulating waves here. Oh man! But uh, if you're if you're listening, you've seen the title of the show thus far. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be discussing the filmic works of one Nicolas Cage, but uh, we're going to amend it slightly so that we fit our format. In the new amended <laughs> approach that we have here for our, our new games that we play. So uh, we joked about this. John and I kind of proposed something fairly similar of that John wanted to give some um, a synopsis of a film and see whether Michael could guess what the film was. And uh, that sounded entertaining. But then I thought, let's make this more appropriate to who we are. And let's say I'm going to give a list of films and Michael has to determine whether Nicolas Cage is actually in this movie or not. And so that is the game we're playing this evening. Much like Florida Man, yes or no, this is going to be Nicolas Cage or no, Nick or no, if you will. And uh, I'm supremely excited. So what the format is, is I'm going to read Michael the plot synopsis. I'm not going to tell him the title of the film, nor when it is released. 
If we need some hints, I will then start by parsing out the year that the film was released. Hopefully that's going to run, but I'm not guaranteeing that I'm not lying about these either. Of course, of so, course. You got to keep it because, I mean, if it's a film from 1942, we've got a pretty good mm. odd that uh, we're not going to have Nicolas Cage starring in that. So uh, do you have questions for me before we get going? Nope. I am. I'm ready. I am presenting. I am able as and able as I could. As we have established, you are most certainly a devotee of Nicolas Cage. You have consumed an untold number of his films. Yeah, if I haven't watched it, then I've definitely tried enjoying it through other mediums. Okay. Yeah, so, what like a, a vibrator seat or yeah. Bad Dragon? Oh man, going through something like Vi Vampire's Kiss when he's just like through a vibrator every time he's screaming. I, you would uh, you'd be gone in sixty seconds, apparently. Oh man, that the hype scene when he's getting ready for all that the whole heist at the end, the third act. Ooh, that vibrator is just going off the chain. Indeed. I do you keep one on a chain at some point? Well, for that movie, yes. Yes. Okay, I was gonna say we've already established that your fiance wears a dog collar, so a chain <laughs> must just be your kink. It's like and you know how a lot of people have, you know, just a, a ring of of keys? It's like mm -hmm. that. But it's oh, all I different see. types of chains and everything. So your sex life is the uh, Stanford Prison Experiment, Volume 2. <laughs> Without any beds at all. Yes, you're right. Yes, everybody's wearing a dress. No one gets to shower. <laughs> and uh, we're probably going to be sp sprayed with flame-retardant chemicals at some point. Mm -hmm. And Fun. I'm sponsored by a university, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm not even here right now. Is that okay. a lie or not? Tune in next week to not find out, because I won't yes. actually say. N yeah, nor should you. No. <laughs> okay, so as of right now, I believe I have 15. We'll Ooh, see okay. how, how involved we have to get. I'm not guaranteeing we get through all of these, but I figure. Uh, I Obviously, you're going to display your prowess, as you did with Florida Man, and talk about how pedestrian <laughs> the role is for Nicolas Cage or not. But uh, I'm sure you're familiar enough that you can probably suss out what the keystones are for a you know a good filmic performance from our friend Nicholas yeah uh, and uh, it I keep it's one of those things I'm agog constantly when I think about the fact that he is in fact a Coppola and yes. uh, it just boggles the mind well it's but. because he he has specifically distance himself from that because well, yeah, he doesn't want yeah. you don't want to ride coattails exactly exactly that like he probably had you know some connections already to help him get in but he wanted to make sure that it wasn't just because of that he wanted to be judged on his you know talents alone and own merits yes mm -hmm. not an inconsiderable amount of talent either as we've learned <laughs> from a most uh, recent documentary <sighs> but uh, all right movie. so we're gonna plunge in here with number one <clears throat> Tom Wells, Nicolas Cage, is a surveillance expert on the rise. He's living the American dream with a wife, Amy, infant daughter, and a house in the suburbs of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. After the completion of an assignment for a U.S. Senator, Wells is summoned to the house of a recently deceased captain of industry. There's a phrase you hear frequently. <laughs> his, his widow, in settling his estate, has discovered an 8mm film in her late husband's private safe. The silent short depicts the apparent murder of a young woman by a large masked figure in what is known as a snuff film. 
Greatly disturbed by the film's contents, the widow hires Wells to find the identity of the woman to determine if she is still alive. Uh, I can see that you have a, a lot of reactions <sighs> happening. So it's, tell me, what's what's rattling around in the brain? It's based off of something that I did research on for a prior episode, but I can't remember exactly what it was on. Okay. Uh, is is did you finish the uh, the synopsis? I, there's still a bit. Some of these are very thorough. So yeah. like the, I the site that I am uh, pulling most of this material from uh, is allmovie.com, which if you want okay. something for good references, IMDb has nothing on this thing because it mostly really? like IMDb is giving you actors reference so that you can yeah. track people largely. Yeah. This is actually giving you film synopsis, uh, grosses. So it runs through very expansive and thoroughly explanatory details about many films. So some of these things are like eight or nine paragraphs. They run through wow. a very lengthy gambit of explaining what the film is. So, Still have a little more here. So, okay. uh, Wells does find the girl's identity and follows her trail from the time she ran away from home to Hollywood. Once there, Wells meets adult bookstore clerk Max California. And there's a character name that I'm just <laughs> delighted by. Uh, is, that name, is that name real? <laughs> that is real. That is the character name. So I have not made any of this stuff up. I have okay. altered facts. In order to reflect that, again, because I'm crediting Nicolas Cage in all these yes. movies, but all of these are appropriate film plots. No character names have been changed. I'm giving you straight poop the whole time here. So, Okay. All right. Max California acts as Virgil to Wells' Dante. So... <laughs> We're getting their very, words, not you. Their words, not mine. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. As the two begin their descent into the world of underground pornography, and unfortunately, we're missing the person whose buttons would be officially pushed by this. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, the detective grows more and more distant from his family, as if he cannot shake the taint. Oh, poor choice of words. Of the. Uh, <laughs> Oh, he can shake the taint. We oh, all yeah, can. He can. That's <laughs> called twerking. Um, but <laughs> he cannot shake the taint of the world in which he now walks. Tom and Max eventually meet pornographers Dino Velvet and Eddie Poole. <laughs> Together they run Velvet Poole and Associates. It's, it's really fantastic. And then by the time the detective finds he can no longer walk out of by this time, the detective finds he can no longer walk out of the inferno. <laughs> not with that attitude. <laughs> and not with that taint, apparently. It's a little too chafed. With that taint, you won't be able to walk for days. Tainted by the fruit of another. <laughs> oh, no. That's tempted. I'm sorry. I tainted got distracted. Tainted by the taint of another? I'm um, pulling muscles from a shell. But, uh, <laughs> all right. So, does this sound to you like Nicolas Cage is starring in this film? I'm going to say no. Okay. And and why would you say that, Michael, from your extensive experience and uh, it, assimilation of his filmic oeuvre? It almost sounded like a different movie that uh, he actually was in mm -hmm. in the 90s um where he played it was uh, it was it was one of the scenes when people like categorize his like freak out scenes yes it's it's the one where he's kind of dressed up like almost like a porn star of some sort where he okay. flings himself on the bed and he just starts like screaming and pounding his fists like 
like a straight up two year old tantrum. Um, and then he also like punches some guy in the face in the background of a bar. I mean, he yells, does that Hi, all the time. Yeah. And he actually yells that. And that's his like karate chop ability. But I can't remember the name of that movie, but okay. it sounds similar, but I don't think that's the movie. So I'm going to say he's not in this movie. Okay. Uh, is that your final answer? <sighs> You're making me doubt myself, but you know what? It all, all in or nothing. All in. Yeah. Okay. This film is from, I messed up because I included, you know, granted, the title is in the description of the, of the film here because it is an eight millimeter film. The film is entitled Eight Millimeter and this is from 1999 and it does in fact star Nicolas Cage. <gasps> oh no. Also co-stars Joaquin Phoenix who plays the adult bookstore clerk Max California. Oh. And, uh, the two pornographers are Peter Stormare and James Gandolfini rest in uh, RIP and pepperonis, oh. uh, as the pornographers. So I haven't watched this film in a long time. It was one that definitely impacted me. It is from the height of the Nicolas Cage wave as it was cresting. Cause it was when he was yeah. made, like city of angels. And in that sort of run, uh, he just finished the rock in 97. So I think like yeah. rock 97 city of angels, 98, this was 99. So it's right as he was just the, big name in Hollywood and was actually one of the top 10 grossing actors of this time frame as well. So for this decade, there were several years where he was in the top 10 of all grossing, uh, paid actors at the very least yeah because this was definitely before uh national treasure because national treasure yes, was in that like, was like the 2002 yeah uh, yeah 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 and that's kind of how i feel like this is his kind of depreciation like that mm -hmm. was kind of his start uh for oh, at least we'll, there we'll get there <laughs> uh, yeah i mean he he's had a he's like a roller coaster he's had a lot of rises a lot of falls but i mm -hmm. feel like that is kind of one of his first like depreciations where people just didn't understand or really didn't want him in a lot of things yeah we are in the second renaissance of nicholas cage which is yes, just quite delightful are. here's the funny thing so uh, to tangentialize because this is what mm. we do yeah. um so i've been doing these uh various sort of uh trivia matters and some of them are the top 10 grossing actors for decades Ooh, and okay. uh i've noticed i was discussing this with Superfan steven fairly recently that i you notice a lot of trends so in the 70s the introductory phase of like uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, they were both mm -hmm. very high grossing. You get Sylvester Stallone in that era as well. Um, and then they disappear completely for the eighties. Like they are not making as far as like the, the big budget kind of grosser films. Mm -hmm. They're, they're not listed in the major sort of like a dollar raconteurs of the time. Yeah, um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Late 90s or mid to late 90s, early aughts, they're back in the rotation again. So it's, it's as though there are these weird sort of waves of popularity is the Jim Cornettism. How do I miss you if you don't go away kind of thing? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's it's, a lot of this. There's like a sort of nostalgia, like sort mm -hmm. of delay where every about 20 some odd years, things that were popular come back into vogue. And that's yes. why. You have, I mean, even nowadays, because that's still definitely a reoccurring thing. Um, a couple of years ago, you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You had the Transformers starting in the mid aughts. Um, those are just, I mean, even even the more recent ones where you have, I think there was recently announced that there's going to be another uh, Indiana Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you have like these people. I mean, uh, Bad Boys. 
Yeah. Um, as another example where you just have these movies that were either popular in the 70s or, or 90s that are coming back. I think they announced Creed 3 recently as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, just- it, it, you know, it, it, what's funny is that you also hit these sort of recurring high watermarks, and these are a lot of the tentpole actors. So Stallone, mm-hmm. obviously, is one who went through multiple uh, decades because it's big in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, but then you also look at individuals like John Travolta, who is mm-hmm. classically referenced as being like really big in the 70s, kind of carrying over slightly into the 80s and then dead. And then all of a sudden Tarantino pulls him in for Pulp Fiction. Everybody goes, hey, I remember John Travolta. He was fun. Because prior to that, it's like, look who's talking. Mm. Which, granted, <laughs> always wonderful to see him and Bruce Willis pre-Pulp Fiction having some interaction, mm. wh- whether one's a baby or not, you know, immaterial. <laughs> so, it's really fascinating, interesting stuff to watch. So, some of the things that piqued my interest. And speaking of Tarantino, I'm going to give you a, a big clear on this one, because I'm just going to let you determine whether or not this is real. This is the one I was going to give you the title, because it's Halloween, and all of these are thrillers or horror films that... That involved Nicolas Cage to stay on topic. So this is the one that I felt like if I don't say it, it's the explanation of the film itself is going to run here. But this is Werewolf Women of the SS. <laughs> so in a send up of 1970s Nazi exploitation films, oh, Rob no. Zombie's contribution to the Grindhouse film series helmed by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez features an uncredited cameo by Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. The trailer voiceover goes as thus, and this is what I had to pull in because I needed to include this as from segment as, as listed. And uh, it lists the actors who are in the film. And so it's not really going to ruin anything by me saying this. So it's featuring Udo Kier, Sherry Moon Zombie, Tom Tolls, Sybil Danning, Bill Mosley, and Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. And then the Fu Manchu line is attributed as, this is my mecca. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so does that sound like something you could envision one Nicolas Cage doing? I mean, I can envision him doing that. I don't know if he did, though. Um, I didn't know if, I don't think he was ever in any Rob Zombie things, um, because Mm. Rob Zombie wasn't doing any sort of, um, uh, I didn't even know he did any sort of Nazi exploitation films. Um, so, I mean, that does kind of say how much I know about Rod Rod Zombie, Rod, Rod, Rod Rod Zombie, Zombie. Rob Zombie and his, you know, director, directorial, you know, oh, Thing. So you haven't seen um, Witches of Salem, then I take it. No, haven't haven't gotten around to that. Uh, no. Not a big fan of the Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses. I know that he did those movies, mm-hmm. but again, I haven't seen those. And oh. the only thing I know about House of a Thousand Corpses is that uh, the guy that the character, the actor that plays Dwight in The Office, is in it, mm-hmm. and that's mainly because every time that gets brought up, that gets told on this podcast. I okay. think the, several times that we have mentioned House of a Thousand Corpses. He somehow gets like, oh yeah, and the character, the guy that plays Dwight, is in it, so. uh, and and also stars uh, one of the most famous podcasters and uh, after show co hosts ever. Yes, no. Were you a fan mm-hmm. of the Talking Dead? 
No, oh, no, no, no. I never I never watched that. Oh, okay. Well, then we're just going to completely disregard and, mo- and move away. It's not going to impress you regardless. <laughs> so, uh, Is his name Ryan or something? Sorry, I also smell like a burning smell somewhere. Oh, good. So Schizophrenia is setting in. Would yeah, you like to check on the burning? Uh, no. As soon as I hear screaming, though, I might disappear. But all I smell is burning, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, that's uh very very uh intriguing. I would like yeah. to make sure that you're you're alive and all is well. So if you if you need to check. But um it is a uh, feature it's Chris Hardwick from Nerdist. Oh. Uh, he okay. is also he's the, he's the director or uh, the the talk show host of Correct. Talking because that's the reaction mm-hmm. one where they would interview the actors uh-huh. to react to the episode that just aired. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 So if you want to watch uh, Dwight and uh, you know good old Mister Nerdist himself, uh, pretty severely mutilated, uh, that's the movie for you. It's a really great film, actually. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Rob Zombie oeuvre, obviously. So you're saying no? Nicolas Cage wouldn't stoop so low as to do this. I'm gonna say no. Okay. Well, um, so it wasn't technically a full feature length film in Grindhouse. They did commercials. So mm-hmm. sort of like coming attractions for other films between the two main features, which is Death Proof, uh, by Tarantino. Okay. And then, uh, that I'm, oh, I'm going to be horrible and forget what the heck, uh, Robert Rodriguez's one was called. Uh, so disregard moving on. I've proven I am not encyclopedic today, but, um, this is one of the small trailers they did, and also another one was Machete, which oh, uh, eventually was okay. made was, into a a full film because yeah, with the, uh, Danny Trejo as the main correct. character, right? Yes, but okay, yes, okay. that was originally just something they threw in as a a an exploitation film in the oeuvre with oh. Robert Rodriguez, and that was made. Uh, Werewolf Woman of the SS was featured there, and Nicolas Cage was depicted as Fu Manchu. Ooh, okay, you're throwing some deep cuts. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm expecting you to throw like vampires kiss or I'm you know some easier ten ones. Pulls at you immediately. Uh, Come on. I figured no. you'd make it easy and then start ramping up the difficulty. But okay, I'm. I want to keep you interested <laughs> at the very oh, least. I'm, I'm always interested in Nicolas Cage. So yes, but that was from yeah. 2007. Go uh, peek that trailer out because it's it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's an awful lot of fun. Okay. 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 All right, so the third installment here. Actually, if, before you do, I you am going go to pause this. Okay, I do want to check this. Give me like 10 seconds. Go for it. Not burnt. It's not burnt. I don't know if you heard her yell that out, but. <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> I like, hear that. Everything burnt down there? Anything burnt? No, it's not burnt. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah, I'll it just, smells burnt. Yeah, exactly. Well, well I'll cut all that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, on the, on the topic of that, one of my favorite jokes that my mother ever told me. So here's a, a fun bit of character assassination. There is a, a young buxom blonde that marries an older gentleman for his money. Think Anna Nicole Smith. Okay. Okay. And he is geriatric on the verge of dying. And she thinks, okay, on the wedding night, as we, you know, really finally get around to what I, the, the word has escaped me. Consummating uh, the marriage. Thank you. Uh, this is you show how far beaten I am out of my normal <laughs> brain space. So as they go to consummate the marriage, she's like, I, if I just give him the hardest lay of his life, he'll probably just die on <laughs> just impact. <laughs> and then I can just go on for the rest of my life living in the manner I'd like to become accustomed to. So she buys all of the sexiest lingerie she can. She, you know, preps herself on the bed waiting for him to come out. And then he emerges from the restroom prepared for lovemaking. And he has got 
He is wearing nothing but a, a prophylactic, as you would expect. Don't want any of those last minute children. Uh, mm-hmm. and then some nose plugs and some ear plugs. And, uh, she's obviously somewhat nonplussed by this as, as is being presented. And she says, what's, what's going on? He's like, well, we got to be careful. She's like, no, 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 but what's with the headgear? And he's like, there's only two things in this world I can't stand. Woman, it's the sound of screaming women and the smell of burning rubber. <laughs> <laughs> just terrible great joke though Beautiful. Uh, so on the subject of burning we're going to move on to this next installment which is based on tim crab's the golden egg the film starring nicholas cage is a deeply disturbing psychological thriller about a young man's search for his girlfriend after she disappeared at a rest stop during a short trip Over the course of three years, the man obsessively searches for her, using his spare time to put up posters and leave handbills, hoping that someone will give him a clue to the mystery surrounding her disappearance. The kidnapper, having watched the man for some time, is intrigued by his increasing obsession and finally contacts him. He then gives the man the opportunity to learn firsthand of his girlfriend's fate. Now... Whereas the original incarnation of this film has a frightening and chilling conclusion, which is a small masterpiece, with director George Slusser confronting the examining, uh, confronting and examining the true nature of evil and obsession, this that I am referencing is Slusser's remake as an American version of his Dutch masterpiece four years after the release of the original, which inexplicably changes the shocking ending, which gave the original film such power. This is evocative of another film that you and I are are very big fans of that we can speak of. So it's not outside the realm of possibility for Nicolas Cage. It is definitely not. The 92 English language remake follows the same plot line as the original film, yet with one important difference. Where the original film didn't reveal what happened to the girlfriend until late into the film, the 92 version opens with her kidnapper plotting the abduction. Over the course of the film, Cage ser- Cage's search for his lover is intercut with footage of the kidnapper that illustrates both his mental illness and his repeated attempts at abducting other women. Oh. So, this is uh, from 1992, as I've alluded to here, since I've included that in the description. So, that gives you kind of an indication. Yes, that's that's more of his early role, like mm-hmm. early career. This still would have been um, post like Raising Arizona, though. So he was that's he true. was in Ra- the the known uh, association here. Raising Arizona that was in the like eighty nine or ninety. Yep, I think it's eighty nine. Okay. Okay. Also, really good movie. Really uh, enjoyed. Well, it. Well, obviously, I mean, if you. I mean- John who doesn't Goodman. love the Cohen brothers? Yes. Oh, that was the Cohen. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm oh, shaking man. my head at you. I'm sorry. I don't pay attention to those know, sort of things. I just enjoy That's what we're the- here for. But, but yeah. No, wait. Actually, I have to ask. Is that bullshit? Is no. it actually the Cohen? Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, you're a babe in the woods over here. But ah. yeah. Uh, they, they, the film before Blood Simple, which was before that, is even more harrowing than that film. It's. Wow, and it's yeah. it's a it's a good movie. It's good portrayal of how I view Tempe, 
even now. Um, yep. And John Goodman and uh, Nicolas Cage, fantastic. Fantastic uh, together. And they later join up again, if you have not seen in a film by Martin Scorsese, uh, Bringing Out the Dead, which is they are really? both um, operators of an ambulance in New York City. Ooh. And uh, so it goes through shifts. So Cage is the main character, and he has mm. two other individuals, Bing Rames being uh, the second, and then I'm forgetting oh, who wow. the third one. But they give you each <laughs> different shifts of the night where each of these partners goes with him, and John Goodman is absolutely unhinged, and they are delightful <laughs> together. It's really great. Oh, shoot, so uh, I'll let fantastic. you borrow it. It's a great <gasps> film. Yes. Okay. That but, one I could definitely see watching because it. I have a soft spot for John Goodman as well. He's yes. just he's great. It's a, it's a very disturbing film, uh, and there's a lot of stuff in it. But yeah, the portrayals are phenomenal. Great performances, one of my faves. Particularly one of the things I'm attached to for Scorsese. But how about this film from '92s? This uh, evoke the standard Nicolas Cage formula for you, or is this also too pedestrian for a Cage performance? No, I feel like something obsessive where he can show high energy. He wasn't this. This was before Vampire's Kiss. If he was in this movie, because mm-hmm. I think Vampire's Kiss was the mid nineties, um, and that was kind of like. Well, actually, I'm not sure when Vi- Vampire's Kiss was. Vampire's Kiss is 1989. Really? Still? Jeez, yep. I I have no sense of time. Uh, um, I think Moonstruck would be around the same time for this when he was Moonstruck is the one I think I was talking about earlier where he's just like, okay. uh, he flings himself on the, he kind of looks kinda like an old okay. porn star of some sort. Or, <laughs> he does or, have the mustache, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know if that's the one where he yells, hi, fucking yeah. I, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> it's it's cutting to some other main character. He's not the main character, but it shows he's like someone that they interact with. I think it might be Moonstuck. Okay. Um, but he's just like punching some guy in the back of a bar and he just yells, hi, fucking yeah. And like he just you like, do. yeah. And he just karate chops the guy and the guy flies off in some other direction. Um, it somebody's was yelling yeah. at the at the screen right now. Or, Almost uh, yeah. certainly. Leave a comment. Tell me how how stupid I am. I get that a lot. Um, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna actually say yes. I okay. think he was in this one because right. I'd rather be all correct. Or I'd rather if if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna fail, I'd rather fail a hundred percent. Okay. So well, let's go for it. You're on a good track because yeah, he was not in this. Film. <laughs> Damn it. Um, what's funny, <laughs> the cast for this, I actually want to go track this down, both the original, because I haven't seen this film, and it sounds mm-hmm. fantastic. So the it original does. sounds amazing, and the original was from uh, 1988. It's a Dutch film, as we mentioned. But the remake stars uh, a young Kiefer Sutherland. His really? paramour, who is kidnapped, is Sandra Bullock. And the obsessive kidnapper is Jeff Bridges. Oh, and nine like nineties. Jeff Bridges is some of my favorite acting. He was in a film huh. with Tommy Lee Jones called Blown Away, which is uh, one of my absolute faves. It's ridiculously good, huh. and also stars Lloyd Bridges as as you know the father of his uh, actual son, uh, and is a delightful time. So uh, <laughs> it's about a gentleman who is uh, obsessed with creating. So uh, Tommy Lee Jones is Irish and was a member of the IRA and is a terrorist. So he makes bombs and uh, sets them <laughs> off randomly. And Jeff Bridges is on the bomb disposal unit with the another cameo appearance by our good friend Ghost Dog, who uh, I'm going to just <laughs> leave for those who are, are looking for Easter eggs here. But uh, uh. Well, I can tell you, I saw half Star Wars. But okay, 
So moving on to this next film. I'm crossing my fingers for you, Michael. See whether or not you escape unscathed. Oh, I'm not. (laughs) This film follows the story of a yuppie literary agent, Peter Liu, as he descends into madness and vampirism. Okay, yeah. Now, Liu believes he's been bitten by a vampire and is slowly becoming one himself, despite the contrary opinion of his therapist. He then begins to wage a campaign of escalating terror against his secretary and first potential victim, Alva. Alva begs her parents to let her stay home from work to avoid her unusual boss. But, of course, they force her to go in on that fateful day, and the plot unfolds. I mean, it's not difficult. You have A, B. B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, V, W, X, Y, Z. <laughs> this film became a cult item on the basis of Cage's outrageous performance. And at one point, he actually eats a live cockroach. I do recall reading about that. Yeah. No, wait. Was it a cockroach? It's cockroach, oh, according okay. to this. Okay. Yeah, no, Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's uh, Kiss, 1989. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fundamental, uh, yeah. Thank you for giving me a layup. You're I welcome. It. Hey, it's again, it's <laughs> Halloween. If I can't get vampire skiss in here, I should be shot. <sighs> I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <sighs> so, uh, congratulations. You're on the board, or I should say, condolences. <laughs> you didn't do the full sweep. Uh, so it's okay. I don't you're, mind. You're one for four, but uh, we'll, <sighs> we'll see where we go. Next is. Uh, a very delightful film. A Milan-based photographer finds his quiet family life suddenly disrupted when a young woman from his past returns to drag him back into the treacherous world of international espionage. Gotta stop doing the movie voice. Jacob Keane, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, was living the good life before Marta came looking for help. Now it's beginning to look as if lazy days with his longtime boyfriend Paolo and beautiful daughter Julia are about to become a distant memory. Marta has been targeted by a mysterious and resourceful enemy, the same man who will soon threaten Jacob should he fail to act fast. Perhaps with little help from their former colleague Yale, Jacob and Marta will be able to prevent the villainous Vigo from destroying any more lives than he already has. This this does sound like a Nicolas Cage movie. It it okay. kind of has a lot of parallels with the unbearable weight of massive talent, but okay. in that one he is actually himself um, and not a photographer. But that Marta does sound familiar. Well, Marta, I will give you a little conceit here because I mean this is part of the fun of the game. Uh, Marta mm-hmm. is portrayed by Shannon Doherty. I wish that helped, but that name does not ring a bell. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're moving on. Uh, John Reese davies plays Yale, their former <gasps> colleague. Gimli? Indeed. Oh, man. Bad Shoot. dates. Man. I, I know he's in a lot of other stuff, but that's the only thing I remember him. He's also a couple other characters in Lord of the Rings, but that's neither here nor there. Well, he is Treebeard, um, yes. Yeah, that's Doing what it was. the I was wonderful like, in, inward breathing thing. Um, that was your attempt. No, no. All right, that was that was a half-assed attempt. Um, I'm gonna say yes. Okay, I'm. I'm Let's go for it. All right. Well, uh, this unfortunately does not star Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) This is a film called Kiss Me Deadly, which is from 2008, which rings very wonderfully with Vampire's Kiss. But uh, yeah, no, this is not starring Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
I need to not go with any intuition. That's if I don't know it immediately. Whatever my first thought is, go the opposite. Well, part of the fun of my coming up with this is finding <laughs> plot lines that sound completely credible for Nicolas Cage performance. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. it's it's not hard <laughs> to envision him doing any of these things, which mm-hmm. is part of the delight. Uh, I have also included in the show notes for those playing the home game here, all of the links to these films from the allmovie.com. Uh, so you can go check them out, see where they're available for stream, rental, or watching otherwise, and and see, you know, the, the truth or lies as they manifest but moving on uh are you still holding in okay nothing's burnt down everything's uh you know going well i'm i'm good the smell okay. is the smell is cleared i am i am breathing perfectly fine Okay, well, uh, Will, I, I have so many of these. Again, I always over-prepare, which it's really delightful when Nothing things... Nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know, so we will have multiple installments here, as per usual, if we get around to it. But uh, this one, I'm very intrigued by. Uh, also reminds me of another film, but we'll talk about that in a minute. An Alaskan <laughs> police detective pursues an elusive serial killer who abducts women and frees them in the wilderness to hunt in this thriller starring Nicolas Cage. A madman has been on the loose in Anchorage for over 13 years, and we're not referring to Sarah Palin. (laughs) Be be, mad woman. uh, Well, that depends on who you ask. But, uh, (laughs) all right. You're not wrong. (laughs) Indeed. So, every attempt to capture him has only led to frustration for the local police, but Sergeant Jack Hollicum, Cage, is certain he can succeed where his colleagues have failed. Later, Sergeant Halcombe gets the break of a lifetime when a terrified teen, Cindy Paulson, manages to beat the killer at his own game. Cindy's struggle, however, has just begun. Now, the closer she and Halcombe come to cracking the case, the more cunning the sadistic target seems to grow. I almost want to ask if this is the plot of Fargo. Hmm. I- is it? It is not. Oh, okay. I I I I know very little about Fargo. Well, to um, me, this so... also was it, it's evocative of another uh, Christopher Nolan film, which of course is a remake of another film, but it's neither here nor there. Called Insomnia, which starred oh. uh, Al Pacino and Robin Williams, and Robin Williams was the killer. And great performances by both. Very bravura uh, as always, but uh, yeah, Pacino's <laughs> at his lit best. Uh, I think Robin Williams like actually plays a good um villain. Oh, he's on, phenomenal. On occasion. Yeah. Um he was he was uh, a villain in a Law and Order episode that I actually remember watching and being very surprised by him just mm. being there. Um if I recall correctly, I'm fairly certain it was Robin Williams, but he was the he was kind of an unhinged person that was abducting uh kids. I think it was an SVU episode. Okay. Um so it was I always loved my parents loved S- uh, Law and Order just in general. Okay. Watched it all the way back to the original one in like the late eighties, early nineties. Um, and so they, I, I watched a lot of it as a kid, and I always loved the um, the kind of cameos by by big name actors and and other things like that. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. They had a lot of that running through the X Files, where you just have mm-hmm. random people showing up, and just you know, it's a, something if you're fond of the show and its quality, and you know that you get to kind of put some grit into the performances. Actually, Kevin Smith uh, makes a cameo in a Law and Order really? uh, at one point. Yes, he's he huh. he insisted he wanted to be the guy that led them to the guy that led them to the killer. So yeah, Kevin Smith's there. <laughs> Sans beard, which is even more. 
entertaining. Oh, huh. so go check that out. But uh, all Shoot. right, so how do you feel about this one? My gut instinct says no. Okay. So I'm going to say yes. All right. And you would be correct in not trusting your gut. So, yeah, this yes. is a 2013 <laughs> film also starring John Cusack, which is entitled oh. The Frozen Ground. Huh. Uh, well worth exploring. Also stars Vanessa Hudgens uh, and 50 Cent. So if you really want to get some of the classic depictions of characters huh. going through just a, a full metamorphosis. Wait, really? 50 Cent? Yes, I didn't really know he was still cent. acting. I yeah. thought he dropped off well, the radar by again, then. Well, again, this was 2013, so he was on the, he was on the way. Oh, very fair. Because I'm just thinking when he was like making video games, the, the 50 Cent Blood in the Sand or something uh-huh. like that from like the PlayStation 2 era. So that's called a bad <laughs> night with sex on the beach, I think. But uh, oh, I mean, it pretty much was. Um, <laughs> oh, because he was one of the first um, he was one of the first rappers that got into acting. And he kind of started a, like a brief period where people where like rap artists were joining in. I mean, acting. I'd say there are quite a few progenitors of that movement. Ice Cube being the, the major because we had. Well, quite that, a few running uh, yeah. prior to that, but I mean that's fair. I shoot, um, he was he actually yeah he was in a lot. Um, and Dre and Snoop were both in Training Day. I mean well, yeah, you're Snoop all over. is Snoop is still like I don't think he I think he rose above the occasion of just like he was always in acting because right. he just does whatever he wants. He's a character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. All right. Huh. Well, uh, this one is, I'm going to call this a layup. And if you don't get this, I'm going to disown you as a friend. So let's just, oh, no. no pressure uh, or anything, but I feel oh, no, like this pressure is, is on. In order to escape the hustle and bustle of modern life, Nathan Gardner and his family decide to move to a farmhouse in Arkham. Everything is going well, and the family is settling down nicely when an object from the skies crashed near their property. Okay. Soon enough, unexplainable things begin happening, especially to those that are in contact with the entity that landed. It wasn't long until the gardeners also start to feel something changing inside of them. So I actually haven't seen this one. Um, it's one that I definitely would like to see. And naturally. It's Color Out of Space, which does have Nicolas Cage. And Indeed. A weird fascination with llamas. He has llamas that he that he breeds. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to uh, judge proclivities, but yeah. Um, but if you want to Obama llama your ding dong, there, it's it's just, uh, well, mm. considering how the llamas go out in the movie, it's 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 quite a. They all kind of fuse into one like mass, <laughs> okay. Uh, and he has to he has to put them out of their misery. This makes me think so, of like that uh, Thanks Killing spinoff that we watched a while back that just had the killer llama with the Superman Raider eyes, <laughs> just laser beaming everybody. <laughs> but all right, so there you go. You you've gotten two. Congrats. Thank goodness. All right. Color out of space. Definitely worth it, though. It's very. I mean, it was it based was on Lovecraft. The, it was by the guy that did um, The Island of Dr. Monroe. Richard it, Stanley. Yes. He disappeared off the map because that movie was... Well, that would be Moreau, but uh, we'll, we'll yeah. not Sorry, split I hairs. Thought I, 
I sorry, I thought I said it right. I must what be having a stroke. Monroe. Monroe, Monroe, um, uh, I mean, tomato, it has potato. One of my favorite moments, which is having Val Kilmer do an impression of Marlon Brando in the film, which is just exquisite. But yeah, we'll, we'll leave that <laughs> there. Also, you get to see, you know, Dr. Lupin just in, in full throws there. Yes, Professor Lupin is the main character in the island of Dr. Moreau, if you're not familiar. Oh, no idea. All That's right. crazy. We so see if you get me talking about movies, we can do this all night. This is going to be a disgusting time, but I gotta, I <laughs> we'll, we'll cap this. I will do another, I think, three here and then we'll be done because I okay. these some of these are very lengthy. One of which in particular takes up like a page and a half, and I'm like, okay, oh, well, we'll get to that one and stop. <laughs> all right, so this one is a controversial horror director, Takashi Mike, who creates an unnerving horror film about a widowed TV producer, Nicholas. Cage auditioning prospective wives. In his search, one candidate particularly stands out, a lovely ex-ballerina dressed in white. The widower cannot believe his good fortune until he starts looking more closely at his potential bride-to-be. Her autobiographical details don't quite check out, she has a number of ugly scars on her legs, and he learns that people in her life have a habit of disappearing unexpectedly. And thus, when he discovers a man trussed up in her living room with his tongue and feet lopped off, he concludes that she's perhaps not the woman of his dreams. Okay. I feel like I'm actually going to start using these lifelines that you're handing out to me. Oh, I see. Um, you offered. Uh, what year did this This is come from out? 1999, where we were all partying okay. with Prince. Okay. And then, what is the title of this movie? Well, I mean, that's a last, that's a la no, it's not. Uh, okay. I wouldn't t totally, but I mean, that's your, your last ditch bailout here. I will say it was uh, screened at the 1999 Vancouver Film Festival. Oh, that changes everything. I'm I sure. know exactly uh, what this film, <laughs> the film is entitled Audition. Oh, um, my gut says no. So I'm going to go opposite of my gut and say, yes, he was in it. You are wrong. <laughs> Oh, no. My yeah. gut was right for your, once. Your ah. gut was right. Yeah, this is not a Nicolas Cage film. This is actually a ah. Japanese horror film. Mm. That makes more sense. It sounds that reasonable enough, sense. though, yeah. by comparison. Uh, oh, I could see him in it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No question. <laughs> Just walking in and find somebody without a tongue in their feet and like... <laughs> What is going on walks here? Walks in just directly, uh, directly. He walks in directly, just punches the lady in the face. <laughs> I was that too. So everybody gets the wicker man treatment. He's just walking oh, up, just man. punching women, just indiscriminately. <laughs> just, I fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's Miss Piggy on a fucking cocaine bender, just bopping everybody. <laughs> I can see him doing that too. Yeah, just like a nice like bump, and then just hi fucking yeah. Kermy. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind to see him portray Miss Piggy in, a, in an episode or something or a movie of Muppets. That would be quite hilarious. It's <sighs> a terrifying thought. <laughs> he tries to affect a, like a feminine voice and it doesn't work, but he doesn't care. Just slathered <laughs> lipstick all over his face. Everyone else is a is a, is an actual puppet or Muppet or whatever, and it's just him. He's just yelling pork me at everybody. <laughs> I'm the other white meat motherfucker. <laughs> what are uh, you calling a pig? 
Well, <laughs> you, Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway. Oh, you. no. <laughs> Hi, fucking yeah. <sighs> Hi, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Stop. Stop. All right. This one, uh, I, these two are going to be very entertaining. All right. Inspired by a segment in another cinema classic, this film takes place in modern-day Manhattan, where decidedly average teen Dave Stutler hones his magical powers under the tutelage of master sorcerer Balthazar Blake. Malevolent wizard Maxim Horvath is determined to claim New York City as his own, and Horvath isn't alone in his diabolical endeavor, because by joining forces with the sinister sorcerer pop illusionist Drake Stone, there's another delightful porn name, uh... He, he aspires to gain powers beyond his wildest imagination. Realizing he can't take on Horvath and Stone alone, Blake recruits Stutler as his reluctant assistant and begins training him for the battle that will be, determine the fate of the Big Apple. Uh, instead of, you know, assistant, would you go so far as, say, apprentice? I might, if I were so <laughs> pressed into labeling it. Um, and, you know, I don't know if they're really wizards, but they, they sound more like sorcerers. Mm-hmm. So they would probably be like, uh, so this main character would be like a sorcerer's apprentice of some sort. Exactly. Okay. Now, I don't uh, think he was in it. For, I'm going to shake something <laughs> at you. For bonus points, tell me what film it was actually based on. Oh, fuck. I have no idea. <laughs> Strangely enough, this is actually a derivative based on the uh, scene from Fantasia where Mickey is animating all oh, of you're, the... Oh, you're right. Yeah, the yeah, brooms. Yeah, yeah, Because this is... Because it's a Disney. It's mm-hmm. a Disney movie. It's one of the it few is. movies that he's done with Disney. Because that was when he was on, like, a Disney shtick. Because mm-hmm. it was also around the same time that he was doing National Treasure um, and... and well, Ghostwriter technically Marvel wasn't owned by Disney at that point. But yeah, and it, I think that was also eh. a Fox property, but you know, neither here. Oh, nor that there. could be. That could be. Who knows? Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So congratulations. I I tried to give you a couple layups. Plus, that was the one that, as I said, at Melissa's eyes lit up. She's like, "Ooh, I liked that one." So yeah, I I had to have some inclusions here that would make sense. Surprisingly, never saw it. Well, you know, the, the hair alone it. is a is a selling point. Yeah, you know, just one of those things. That was He's, one of his. Uh, that was like his like Chad Kroger kind of like long wavy hair uh-huh. days, right? Okay, back when the the follicles had somehow been uh, you know just revivified in order to allow him to have mm. hair. But, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> mm. So, uh, the final one I think we will do this evening because we have bled this thing significantly, and I'm on page six of the fifteen pages that I had prepped. So, uh, here we are. This is one of the more delightful depictions, so it just bear with me. This muddled <laughs> attempt at creating a new supernatural serial killer franchise in the mode of Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street oh, features no. perennial movie maniac Nicolas Cage as sadistic mass murderer Max Jenke, who hacked up more than 100 victims with a meat cleaver before his eventual capture by dedicated cop Lucas McCarthy. Unwilling to cease his homicidal spree after his death, Jenke had been conducting bizarre experiments in soul transference prior to his capture. His execution in the electric chair subsequently transforms his evil essence into electrical current. In this new form, the seemingly unstoppable maniac launches a supernatural siege against McCarthy and his family until the tormented cop finally faces down his... uh, 
finally faces him down on his own nightmare turf. Originally conceived as another house sequel, this film consists of long periods of tedium punctuated by outbursts of graphic gore and surreal effects. This condition is partially the result of footage being shot by two separate directors. It seems as if neither of them knew what the other was doing. Cage is amusingly sleazy as the cackling madman, but his one-note material is not compelling enough to merit a er, a recurring character. So, when you were describing this, this actually brought to mind a more recent, really terrible horror movie. I can't remember exactly. I think it's something like Drone. So, the idea is a, um, a serial killer was put to death by electric chair. All right. And he did something at the last moment where his essence was kind of electrified. And so, he possessed a drone... That would just harass the main character incessantly. <laughs> uh, it's a very corny, like on par with, you know, thanks killing birds, and thanks yeah. killing. Yeah, yeah. Where it's it's that kind of genre where it's some sort of possessed item or something like that exacts <sighs> vengeance. Like you know, uh, what was it? Um, rubber. Uh-huh. Or, you know that sort of that sort of you know vagueness. Bleh. Um, I want to say he's in this. Okay. But I don't know I what movie this is. I will tell you, it is from the year 2009. I'm going to say yes. Okay. You would be wrong. I went with my gut, yep. and I, uh, I trusted it, my gut once, and that's that's what I get. I deserve that. And deserve in point this. of fact, I did fib. Uh, <sighs> it is actually a 1989 film, which oh. stars Brian James and Lance Henriksen. So, uh, yeah, we, we went full bore there, but... <laughs> It sounded far too uh, brilliant to, to avoid, but yes, a, a madman who converts himself into electricity. Mm. Like a bad and, Spider-Man character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, especially the lie late aughts, so definitely when he was on his downturn. I so figured that would taking, give you a little bend, yep. Mm, taking anything that flew his way. And there's a reason why in the early 10s, Late odds, there was a joke that he would sign up for anything that his agent threw at him. So, yep, yeah, that sounded exactly like something you'd be like, you know what? I I can't afford to buy any more dinosaur bones, so fuck it. Let's go with this uh this terrible movie. I need a paycheck. Uh huh. So well, I mean, it almost feels criminal for us to go out on on a on a loss there. Uh, well, I, it's terrible. <laughs> most, terrible. except for the two obvious ones. Well, were let's all losses. We'll, we'll, we'll go back here and we'll we'll run. So, uh, eight millimeter, you you got wrong. Uh, Werewolf women of the SS, you got wrong. The vanishing, uh, you got wrong. Vampires kiss, you got. Uh, kiss oh, me deadly uh, was wrong. <laughs> The frozen ground, wrong. Color out of space, correct. And then uh, audition, wrong. Sorcerer's Apprentice, correct. And now the horror show, also wrong. Which, if I didn't mention, yes, that is the title of the film, The Horror Show. Wow, that's super generic. Yes, worked perfectly. But, uh, okay, well, thank you for playing along. I know this was kind of a, a, a last-minute pivot for us out of another idea that we had, but I figure it worked appropriately for Halloween and is not exactly, uh, you know, just dedicated to the festivities, but it's evergreen as a topic, and obviously we have plenty of 
grounds and depths to plumb <laughs> by going through the filmic career of Mr. Cage here. So it should be delightful times going forward. Yeah, and if the audience enjoys it, I can come up with a couple of things to quiz you on as well. I was going to say, it's a game I would enjoy playing, uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to just sitting as the, the boy <laughs> you are knowing the answers. Mm -hmm. It would be That would be fun. I would probably do something like find... I don't know, not necessarily a director that you're, you know, infatuated with because mm. you know everything. I wouldn't say um, everything by any stretch. That's part of the uh, fun is like even I think we've talked about some of these things I like you go through. I've gotten at best maybe like 50 to 55 of the Nicolas Cage movies when I'm taking some of these things. And I'm like, that's a really broad swath of films to remember. There's still another, you know, like 40 to 50. I don't know. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, if that's any evidence, it's almost impossible to know someone's entire oeuvre. I think the person I have the best exposure rate with who I've gotten the highest score with is Tom Hanks, because that's oh, okay. someone who has okay. just been a perennial tentpole actor from the moment he got into the business is like, you can easily flight back to, okay, let's think of the first things that he was in. Like, all right, bachelor party, splash, Dragnet, the money pit, Joe versus the volcano, like all of these things in the eighties, really easy. And he's just been at the top of the run the entire time. I don't know that he's made bad films. So, well, his, his first leading role. <laughs> well, you know, as you, <laughs> yes, but still that was a television film and we're, we don't Check consider the it panic uh, uh -huh. uh, episode for further information. Ooh. Listeners. <laughs> he gave a very stirring performance emotionally there. I will say, I don't even remember what the movie was called. It wasn't D&D. &D, it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons, but it was something similar. I looked it they... up fairly recently, um, oh. and I can't remember either. So it shows what impact it had on the both of us. Um, I'm just glad it didn't tank his career because... Wasn't it like Wizards yeah. and something or Dragons and something? It was Wizards. Yeah, Wizards and something like that. Yeah. I. I, I all right. Well, I have a computer right in front of me. I, I will actually do a little research here. Okay. <laughs> Mazes and Monsters. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Mazes and Monsters. <sighs> Close Cinematic enough. Good enough for government work. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually thinking of one of my favorite Tom Hanks films, which is not frequently spoken about these days, but is perfect for the time of year. If you haven't already seen it for the listeners out there, I'm sure you have, knowing your love of cinema. Uh, but The Burbs. If you haven't seen The Burbs, you, you need to be uh suitably chastened it's delightful but it's about this huh. sort of creepy family that moves into the a suburban neighborhood and everyone assumes that they are dispatching people in their backyard because they're basically digging up graves and so it's tom hanks and the usual suspects of the neighborhood trying to determine what's happening and at one point they have <laughs> they bring out several large sacks of garbage take them and drive them down the street to a dumpster and then they put them into the dumpster and they bang on them with like a shovel handle to get them stuck in there and the inimitable line it's one of the quotes everybody throws from tom hanks for that movie he's like i've never seen that i've never seen somebody drive their garbage down and bang the hell out of it with a stick i just i don't know what the hell's happening so <laughs> it's it's exquisite it's awful and yet marvelous at the same time so pure 90s uh yeah not quite the height of all of the the greatest of cinema but entertaining nonetheless okay. 
Well, I think that is going to officially wrap it up like a body that you are desperately trying to slam into a refuse receptacle. And so, uh, of course, as always, if you've appreciated the show and enjoyed yourself, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. We would love to hear from you. Woo! There's a link tree in the show notes below so you can go check out all of our relevant socials, including our unending stream of entertainment you can find over on the tubes of you our occasional tiktok madness and the euphoria that was our instagram before i finally put a bullet in its brain but uh you know we'll keep you entertained for hours if you allow us and of course we also in addition to michael shorts have got uh, random ephemera over on the tubes of you including disinformed after dark our uh, book club discussions, which I think going forward we could basically just call it the King's Men and pivot there to steal some trademark titles. But true, uh, true. eventually we'll get around to talking about Salem's Lot, which we had uh, slated for some I'm discussion. Making my way very slowly, but making my way through it. And then you got the talisman waiting on that. So yeah, yeah the talisman right behind me, knocking on it. Right I'm here and now, blood. you're touching it. Right here and now, yes. Ugh. Right here, right now. <sighs> Laws, yes. Laws, right yes. Right here, right now. Well, uh, so go <laughs> scope all these things. Have some fun with us because we certainly have had some fun with you this evening. And that is going to officially put us into the casket for a happy Halloween for all of you listening mm. in the contemporary moment. And for those of you listening in the future, a spoopy time regardless. You are Ooh. looking at us. And so uh-huh. for another crazy cagey episode of disinformed this week i'm shane and i'm michael and zippity zoop we're out of here i fucking yeah